All right, the Big 12 shocker of the year right here. Manhattan, Kansas. Oklahoma loses 48-41. Um, there's not much more anybody can say about this game other than shocking. Um, but we're here for you guys. We're here to speak for the fan base, I guess, if you will. Um, this is a... Uh, Going to be an interesting podcast to hear what everybody's thoughts are uh, as we break down this 48-41 loss uh, where Oklahoma comes to Manhattan and seemingly lays an egg, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It was something different that we haven't seen in quite some time, especially in the first seven games of the season. So, uh, guys, I guess... Joey, we'll start with you. What is your overall thought on this? I know you're laughing, but... Where do we start? <laughs> where where do, we, do we start with this? Because I did not, in my wildest dreams, think we would be sitting here sitting here at 4.15 on Saturday afternoon talking about Oklahoma getting upset in this football game. I, I thought there was no way this would happen. I, I um, When you looked at the remaining five games... I thought this was the least likely that Oklahoma game that Oklahoma could lose, and yet uh, they put an absolute stinker out on both sides of the football. O- offensively, was was not pretty either. Um, you look here, and how do you have six carries between all of your running backs? Only six carries, and they didn't really spread the field either in the passing game until late. You saw that. Um, they, they finally spread it, and you're kind of like, in the fourth quarter, why are why was this not the game plan the, the rest of the way? Just a lot of a lot of things to look at, and then you had some freak plays as well that um, have to happen in an upset. The the ball that bounces off Charleston Rambo that he should have caught. Um, you had the you know you drop the kickoff a very costly play in the third quarter. So many different things went wrong for Oklahoma. It was just bad all the way around. Colin, the play of – and Joey touched on something that I thought was pretty freaking interesting, and that was more or less the play of not giving the ball to the running back. Six yep. touches. Yep. Six touches. Yeah. What What is your overall thought on that? Um, how much do you think that actually cost Oklahoma when it comes to playing a team that in turn is very ball control like a K-State? Well, what did I say before the show and before the game? If they established the run, they would have success. What did they not do? They did not establish the run with the running backs. It was all on Jalen Hurts, and most of those runs by Jalen Hurts were evading pressure and escaping the pocket. I, I don't understand why you shy away from guys like Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. By the way, down on the field, Trey Sermon touched the ball for the first time in a very long time, and basically the whole sideline erupted. To me, that should be some sort of indication that you should probably give the guy the football. But again... They're straying away from big-time playmakers, and in turn, they're forcing things because you're constantly putting the ball in the hands of Jalen Hurts, and he's trying to put pressure on himself, creating. You saw him force some things down the field. The running backs had to be going, and we all knew it. I mentioned it several times in our pregame show, and I said it several times leading up to the game. You go into a game like this, especially against a Kansas State defense that's so good against the pass, you must establish the run. The Sooners did not, and as a result, I think that's in large part why the Sooners lost today outside of their composure. Do you think Lincoln Riley, because in my opinion, I think he's kind of pressing to try to help Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. as much as he can, and you see the carries being taken away from a Kennedy Brooks and a Trey Sermon, and 
in turn, uh, Ramondre Stevenson's not getting carries because last year you got three running backs touching the ball, mm-hmm. and you had Kyler Murray who still had 800, almost nine. Well, he had 900 yards rushing during the season, over a thousand yards if you add up the game against Alabama. But it, it's crazy to think that maybe they're trying to press too much to help. Jalen out a little bit, mm-hmm. help his career out a little bit. I mean, he came here to Oklahoma. Does Riley feel almost obligated to help him out with his career? Because he threw for almost 400 yards, ran for almost 100, um, and those were on 19 carries. So he was toting the ball quite a bit. But like you said, again, it was off of, you know, running a ball because he's trying to get away from pass, a pass rush yeah. of K-State. Uh, Creed Humphreys touched on it and said – they showed them some things, especially backside blitzes and stuff that they hadn't seen mm-hmm. all year from them. Um, so they came in prepared, speaking of K-State. Uh, and I think Oklahoma came in, mm-hmm. got a little overconfident up 10-0, and from that point on, uh, Joey said it, said it earlier, they were shell-shocked the second that uh, Charleston Rambo dropped that ball that if it was a spear, it would have killed him from Nick Basquin. And after that, it was like it was almost like an avalanche happened, and they mm-hmm. couldn't stop it until the fourth quarter. You, I see you raising compose or that approach, so I wanted to let Go you talk it. about that's that. how these upsets happen. That that's mm-hmm. and this is, you know, when you look at Alabama, you look at Clemson. You know, I'm trying to rack my brain when the last time, like this has been something with Oklahoma, where there's been one of these games every single season. You you look at the Iowa State game yep. a couple of years ago. Uh, this one obviously today. These aren't in Texas Tech back in 2011. You know these aren't games where Oklahoma is a touchdown favorite. They're, they've lost these stunning upset games, and I try and rack my brain to think the other powers right now, Alabama and Clemson. You know when's the last time that's happened to them? That's something that has to be different in this program moving forward. They have to find a way to not let these games happen. In in getting back to the. You know, not losing your composure. You know, so what that play happened. You know, you mm-hmm. come out, you give up a field goal on the first drive of the second half. You can't go three and out. You know, you got to be able to convert and make plays. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma just, just lost it and lost their composure the rest of the way until they finally regained it. You know, really, we can talk about the onside kick all we want, but it was too late at that point. Yeah, uh, you can't spot a twenty-five point deficit for you know lead for the other team in the fourth quarter and so what i want to now transition to this too is okay we're talking about this upset but you mentioned teams like iowa state that was a home game correct uh 2011 against texas tech was that a home game yep this was on the road and what was the calling card of the oklahoma Sooners for so long their ability to play on the road the team i saw down there on the field today that is not the Oklahoma Sooners squad that I know because every time they went on the road, their mission was to basically destroy you, and they did not really care what went your way. They knew at some point the ball game was going to go their way. The defensive backs for Oklahoma were extremely frustrated. You saw that really take a peek when Parno Motley kicked a guy, which is very disappointing to see because Parno Motley is having a phenomenal year. The extreme lack of discipline was brought up after the game, and to me that's a, a serious concern because – like, like I'm saying, you've seen these upsets on at home field, but now you come out of this, and like I was saying earlier, this was the first true road test 
for Oklahoma. I said it several times, and everyone was like, oh, Red River, KU. No, this was the first time they had a chance to go to a truly hostile environment and face that kind of adversity. And there were guys, especially some of the younger individuals, that did not handle it well. And so this is a great learning experience for them, and I hope that in turn it helps them in the long run. And honestly, it has to if they want to get to the college football playoff. It does. I mean, look – you touched on it. We all touched on it before. Literally, the, the OU Texas is as close as they've gotten to exactly. any sort of road test all year. And they played shocked a little bit in that game as well. Mm-hmm. They were lucky to come out. The defense played well. Offensively, they were shocked. This, was, this time around, it is more on the defense than anything this time around because the offense put up 41 points. But the, here's my deal. And we saw this in the fourth quarter. Yes, they're, they, they're not going to run the same high-speed offense, same play, same no-huddle, two-minute drill throughout the whole game. Right. But why don't they do that more often? Because every time they've done that this year with Jalen Hurts, it's been uberly successful for them. They've moved the ball down the field. They've been successful. And, and when they run and they, they try to move the ball down the field quickly, and I'm saying get up to the huddle, get up to the line real quick, hike the ball, run a play, do it over and over and over, to where they kind of pin the ears back on the, def- on the defense and make the defense get on their heels, make them have to adjust to them. They didn't do that today for the longest time. They ran kind of a slow, methodical. Mm-hmm. It is almost like they played into K-State's game. Yeah, and, and here, I want to let you touch on something because you're Bingo. going to Bingo, that. that, that's, that's absolutely right. You, you look and we all said it. I, I think most everyone said it coming in. KC's not going to be able to keep up with Oklahoma, right? <laughs> Oklahoma is just a superior football team. They're, they don't have the Jimmies and the Joes to keep up in this football game. Right. And so if Oklahoma starts going up tempo, K-State's going to have trouble stopping them and getting off the field and – you know, the last thing they want to do is, you know, ha- have to deal with all of Oklahoma's playmakers racing up and down the field, which Oklahoma certainly didn't do today. They want to slow it down. They want to be methodical. They were. They had the ball for 38 minutes today. Mm-hmm. This was a K-State football game today. Outside of the first, you know, you can take the first six minutes, Oklahoma gets up 10 nothing, and then the final 12 and a half or so minutes where Oklahoma makes their charge. Outside of that, look at the bulk, the middle part of the football game, and it was K-State doing what K-State wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They were controlling the clock. They were getting first downs. They were running the ball all over the place, and Oklahoma had no answer for it. Yeah, so it's interesting because we're talking about adjusting style of play, correct? The adjustments that I saw today, instead of what we're talking about, what you didn't see, this may be me going out here on a limb, but I'm going to go ahead and bring these two up. The last time Oklahoma got cute on special teams, they lost the Rose Bowl. Today, you saw in the first half specifically, I'm sure you guys recognize this, they're kicking it short. Burkich is giving K-State the opportunity to return mm-hmm. several times. And what did that do? It allowed Kansas State to set up in solid field position several times, in turn giving them momentum before the drive even started. Mm-hmm. Every time that happened, I was like, Burkich is kicking the ball out of the end zone whenever he wants. And then they started letting him do that in the fourth quarter. And what happened? Kansas State didn't really do much offensively. Outside of that, I mean, again, this is maybe me really reaching, but I, I'm struggling to understand why Lincoln Riley is calling so many trick plays these days. Yes. And, look, 
if it works, it works. I'm, I'm never going to say you shouldn't have called that flea flicker if it goes for a 40 yard gain and a touchdown. But maybe over the past few games, it might just be me. It seems like there's an expanding trend where Lincoln Riley is going to the trick play to try and get defenses on their heels instead of that up-tempo offense that you're mentioning. And there are times where it very well works. But today it did not at all. And I, I, I saw one trick play that really worked, and then, of course, you saw the one trick play end up in an interception. It should have worked. And, and it should have worked, but... If you go to something maybe a little bit more conservative, you're not in a situation where at halftime you're thinking, oh, my Lord, what is happening? But your point is valid. What trick play did they run in the fourth quarter? Yeah. And what did they do in the fourth quarter? Like nothing they, to that degree. Right. It, it, they went up and down the field, up tempo on K-State, and scored at will. I get, you know, K-State was probably playing a little softer in coverage and, yes. you know, trying to get the, the clock to run a little bit. But they did what they wanted in the fourth quarter, which they could have been doing the rest of the game, to and, your point. And that's my point exactly is – Oklahoma's a dominant offensive football team. And some of those guys offensively, like Adrian Ely, I watched him down there on the sidelines. That man's battling. He had a great outing, and he's banged up right now. you got to trust in your guys like that. I thought Braden Willis made some phenomenal plays out there. Jalen, again, he is doing whatever he can to get away from these Kansas State defensive linemen who I thought had a phenomenal outing. Just trust in your guys, and I understand that there are times where he wants to try and make sure that, hey, we're not just a dominant offensive team. We can trick you. But at some point, the tricks can really be harmful in the grand scheme of things. So you bring up the word trust, and I find that funny because that seemed to be the grand theme from one Alex Grinch today. Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. I, we go I, the other thing. Yes, yes. And I asked him that question because he kept using the word trust. We've got to trust with our eyes. We've got to trust the call. We've got to trust this. We've got to trust that. Well, so I'm going to play this clip by one Alex Grinch, me asking the question. Uh, let's see what you all think of his answer. Outside of, you know, you, you said something about uh, trusting the scheme. Is that kind of what causes, you know, your middle linebackers to overrun a pursuit? I mean, or is it they're using the motion to trick the eyes? Or like what? Or is it a combination of both? Well, it's a combination of things, and there's no magic. So when I say that, I want to be very clear that there's nothing to do with it. It was a perfect call, and all of a sudden, you know, there is no perfect call. But there's 11 guys that are executing a call, and so when, when you know one, two, three guys don't don't get that done, obviously you, and especially in the run game, especially when you're talking about uh, the, the the style of play, whether it's a motion or, or pullers, and uh, some of the, the in the multitude of formations that we, we see those things after they. You know, one guy, two guys that are where they need to be, all of a sudden that thing could break on you. Um, and so, in any event, so when it really comes down to trust, is um, you know, I bring that up simply from, from the standpoint of this, this go make a play. You know, th- things aren't going well, let's go make a play. And, and uh, how do you make a play? We make the play within what the structure, whatever. You know, again, you can call something different. You can call whatever call you want. Um, but, but within the structure of the defense, you got to go make that play because when you decide not to do your job, who, who are you asking to do yours? Um, and so um, that, that, that's something that uh, we got to make sure of when, when the bullets are flying and, and things maybe aren't going the, the, the way you want them to do. We really got to, uh, you know, uh, in, in, instead of loosening our group grip on uh, tech so there you go. Alex Grinch is talking about trust. He's talking about a host of other things. Um, one being 
trusting your eyes, trusting the call, trusting everything. And the one thing we've talked about all week is the motion. Everything that K-State does is to trick you, to try to get you to look in the direction that the ball's not going in. Granted, they did a lot of that, and they did it to 1K9 today. He got lost so often, and I think when you see your leaders get lost out there, things start to kind of, you know, snowball down on you. Uh, Because when you see they're not trusting the call, and they're not doing the things that they're normally doing, especially in the first seven games of the year, because he was considered the top linebacker in the country up until this game. And when that happens... Your defense looks around, those young guys look around on the defense going, whoa, I mean, our three-year starter is confused. What's going on? And they start questioning. They start overrunning plays. They start doing things that they're not normally doing. And like Lincoln said, he goes, it's like they, they, they clammed up. Grinch said the same thing. They clammed up. They did things they weren't normally doing in those plays where, where they would go make a play. They wouldn't overrun a play. They wouldn't think things through. They wouldn't hesitate. They would just play within the system, within what they were doing, uh, and, and, and through the calls. And that's not happening. That didn't happen today. And it cost Oklahoma. It cost Oklahoma how many third downs? How many times did they run the ball up the middle? How many times did they use motion to get uh, Kenneth Murray to scoot over a little bit just so they could get that interior lineman over to shield and block mm-hmm. to keep uh, get Skylar Thompson a run up the gut? I mean, simple draws that they were doing. It was just off motion, just off little things that was tricking him. And trust, trust. That is the theme of the day, trust. They didn't trust, not offense, not defense. Nobody was trusting anybody. So to add to this, you a lot of this trust also goes into yourself, right? If you know what you're doing, then you believe that you can execute the call. I think Alex brought up a good point afterwards, and he said, look, did I feel good going to this game? Yes, but it's different when you go into a game and then you actually play it. These guys were ready, and then they got punched in the mouth. I thought Kansas State's offensive line made them question themselves today, made them lose trust in their individual abilities. And in turn, when you are starting to recognize that you may not be the more physical football team, you may not be able to muck it up in the trenches with these guys, Front seven starts to lose its ability to trust itself. That in turn snowballs the defensive backs. And that's where I want to go next. They lose two defensive back starters today. And we talk so much about the 22-man defense, right? But a lot of that has to do with what it is, rotation. They were not able to rotate. And in turn, I think you saw, okay, can I trust in myself to be out here full time? Because Delarin and Parnell are not here to help me whenever I need to get out. And so, as a result, there are so many different variables when we talk about trust. And, yeah, it's, it's a very real issue that needs to be discussed. I think that this group trusts in itself and its coaches and its overall ability to play. But that trust was put to the test here at K-State, and it did not come through, to be honest. I'm sorry. It's a really, really good point. And the thing about trust is it's contagious. Right. Like a lot of things. If this guy – you know, we talked about it in the press conference. Jalen Hurts referenced it really recently that, you know, that this team has a great sense of togetherness and the guy is playing for the guy next to him and that guy is playing for the guy next to him. And once you sort of doubt, you know, yourself or that guy next to you, which kind of became the case today, then you the team 
kind of contagiously loses that trust. And I think you saw that uh, this afternoon. Yeah, look, I don't know. I, man, this game was it was it was hard to watch because you could see the things that they needed to do. And obviously we're up in the press box, and we have a better view than they do probably on the field. So we can see the things happening. The second that whenever they brought the, the running back, put him in motion, and there was just a little scoot. I mean, Oklahoma does it to teams all the time, right? And they'll run Jalen Hurts up the gut. But when you saw that happen and you knew, okay, this is what they're going to do. It's third and nine, and they're running a draw to Skylar Thompson. They're running the draw. The whole stadium knew that was coming. Should not work. Deshaun White didn't know it was coming, obviously, and neither did Kenneth, Kenneth Murray. So I, I guess I say the whole stadium, everybody but those two. Um, and it, I guess it does. It gets kind of frustrating to watch. And that's – you make this seven-hour drive. You're covering a team. Of course, it's fun to watch these games happen, and it'd be a really good ball game. Uh, but – I mean, it's it, it's hard to watch the team that you cover each and every week and you see players that you get to know all the way through high school and you see them make mistakes that literally cost the team a ball game. And that's what happened today. There was a lot of problems, and it wasn't just a singular issue. I mean, there was multiple issues, like Colin said, that it, it, just, it, it just compounded into just a, a massive pile of crap is what it looked like up there. I mean, until the fourth quarter, Oklahoma looked lost. They looked completely lost. And now they're 7-1, and one, and they better hope like hell and pray like hell that chaos ensues. Because if it doesn't, they're not in the playoffs at this point. And I think that's our next subject we got to talk about is where do they go from here? There's a bye week. There's a bye week. Does this team come out guns a-blazing against Iowa State and Baylor? Or do we see the confused Oklahoma? Because when they go to Baylor and Baylor's undefeated, oh, my God. That is going to be a ruckus. Those those Baptists party like it's 1999, man. They do. It, it, could, be, it could get nasty if they don't. Now, I think that Oklahoma is going to go down there and just kick the crap out of them. But if they play like this today, it's not a guarantee. Well, it's not a guarantee at all. It's not a guarantee, period. Hey, but that's what you like think. They played today. They're going to lose not one game. They're going to lose multiple games the rest of the season. This was bad. And I'm left wondering. Who are they? Who, who are they? Who is this football team? Because, you know, a, a week ago, and I firmly believed it, firmly believed that this team was different. And what reason is there to believe that they could lose a game and, and down the stretch? It, and I firmly believe that statement, guys. We literally I, just had a, a podcast name. What the hell was Mike Stoops doing last year? And it looked a lot similar to last year's team. So make fun of I that. I thought podcast you made time. a great point by the by the way during the game that who was the one team Mike Stoops never had problems ever scheming against. And so far, Alex Grinch's defense has been so good. And what happened? The opposite of what we would see in a Mike Stoops defense against K-State. Yeah, K-State's usually the team that he does really well against. Outside of 2014, he's played really well against them and shut them down. It's just it, – it's crazy. Even when they had uh, – who was the Collins? Uh, Colin uh, 
Colin Klein. Yeah. Colin Klein. They they scored twenty points that game. What was it right? Like it was like twenty to ten or twenty to seventeen was the score of that game. I mean, even then it was one of those things where the Oklahoma's defense played well enough to win the ball game. So this this was hard to watch. I mean, especially as prehistoric outside of the motion and the disguise that they do, K State's offense is just bland and they let a bland offense beat them, but they let them beat them because they out they were more physical. They got beat in the trenches. That and that was gonna be something I wanted to touch on. This game proved that the game is one in the trenches because the team with the better offensive and defensive line today won the ball game. I mean, Kansas State's offensive and defensive lines, there were times where I was like, these guys are single-handedly winning Kansas State the football game. Skylar Thompson obviously had a great outing. Kansas State really figured things out offensively, but but Oklahoma, it was clear they were not prepared to face that physicality up front. Now, we talk about who this team is. I know that this team is worthy of a college football playoff spot. I mean, you're going to hit a road bump, and we've seen this time and again. The, the real issue here is that, sure, they're deserving, but maybe now more than in recent years, there are several other deserving college football teams for those four spots. And so, kind of like you mentioned, Brandon, they may need some dominoes to fall to really be comfortable because depending on how the Big 12 shakes out, you may not be sitting so pretty even with a one loss where maybe a couple of years ago they felt relatively confident. So... This is very, very interesting how this is all going to pan out. But to really address what you kind of brought up towards the end, I have no question in my mind, to be quite honest with you, that against Iowa State here in two weeks, they're going to go out and absolutely smoke the crap out of the Cyclones because this team's going to be mad. And you could tell Kenneth Murray and Alex Grinch were not happy, and they will fix whatever the problem was here today. There was, multiple, there was a multitude of problems here um, on the defense, and you knew this going into the ballgame. But they were always disguised by hard, hard work, hard play, um, just the overall attitude of the defense. That wasn't the case today. Like they, they almost it didn't look like they played like themselves. They didn't play hard. Um, I don't expect to see another outing like this the rest of the year. I expect Oklahoma to be prepared for road tests at Baylor. I expect them to be prepared for road tests at Oklahoma State. They've got to be prepared for those two ball games. For those, those are the two road tests left. And if they aren't ready, it, they're going to end up with a nine and three season. And if they have a nine and three season, um, well, you can almost guarantee that Lincoln Riley will be back in Norman. Number one, uh, Dallas Cowboys won't be going after that. Uh, number two, um, there will be some major problems because now Oklahoma had all this recruiting momentum. They had all this recruiting momentum. Texas struggling. Oklahoma looking good, just beating the dog crap out of everybody. And now, here they are with a loss. I mean, do they stay in the top ten? I mean, is that is do they do they fall out? I I think they will, Joey. What do you think? Yeah, well, Wisconsin also lost. They got hammered by Ohio State. Um, obviously, LSU and Auburn. That Tied 10-10 at halftime. So, if LSU is to win that game, well, Oklahoma's still going to be ahead of Auburn. So, yeah, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna be right on that cusp there, and they're still they're still in this thing. You, you know, it's yeah. Like, first and foremost, you know, you can't overreact. Like you said, there's going to be speed bumps. To me, though, the the concerning thing is that with this speed bump, I th- I thought even if it was that they would still win this football game, even at halftime when they trailed. 
there was not a doubt in my mind they were still going to win this football game. Uh, you know, I, I really thought they were still going to win, and there was not really any doubt until the the fumble on the, the kickoff return. That's when, for yeah. me, it became a real possibility that they could lose this game. But, uh, it, yeah, disappointing, by, but by no means are they out of this thing. No, and, and real quick, we talk about dominoes falling. I want to mention a couple of quick things. Number one, the domino you want to stand, we kind of talked about it, is Baylor. I mean – Holy hell, you need the Baylor Bears to be undefeated here in a couple of weeks. Number two, we, we talk about who this team is. To be quite honest, maybe I'm not as questioning as others at this stage because to me, Chris Kleiman showed me today that he is a heck of a football coach. And the things that I saw from him on the sideline with his players, this was just as much Chris Kleiman's team forming their identity that will soon hold strong as much as Oklahoma struggling in this football game. And so this, to me, going in was going to be a tough one. But again, it was a game that they were heavily favored in, and I thought they were going to win handedly. And and so maybe I am – I should be questioning a little bit more. But I think at the end of the day, honestly, we also have to tip our cap to Chris Kleiman and the job that his staff and players did today because – my goodness, this this place was rocking, and they fed off of the energy that was brought by Kleiman and his players on the field. I guess finally, uh, let's just give our last thoughts on this, and I'll, I guess I'll go. Y'all yeah, go first, actually. Who wants to go first out of the both of y'all? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, you got four football games left in the regular season. You got to win all four. I expect, uh, like Colin said, that this is going to be a team that's going to have two weeks to stew. They're going to play at home against Iowa State, and I fear for the Cyclones because the Cyclones, the last time they came to Norman, what happened? They also won that game. Yeah. So uh, Oklahoma's going to come out with a vengeance in this next football game. I just don't – I think in many ways you kind of probably can compare this to uh, – even though it ended up being a lot closer, kind of compare it to the Ohio State-Purdue game last year. Yeah. A very uncharacteristic – a game um, by Ohio State um, on the road that things just kind of got away from them. And I think we've seen more than not this year that this is an anomaly probably for this team. They're, they're a different team, as you guys have said. And so I, I expect them to be fired up. They got uh, championship November coming up. We're going to hear that a ton of times from them uh, over the next few weeks. And um, they're, they're going to have to get going, though. There's no more margin for error down the uh, stretch of the season. Yeah, I mean, real quick, my th final thought here, to be quite honest with you, is what we're saying isn't anything that these players and coaches don't know. And so as a result, I think that, sure, we can sit here and, and criticize and provide constructive criticism if you will because just a week ago we were sitting on this podcast and heavily praising Oklahoma for their dominant performance against West Virginia but I think my final thought would be look they have bye week they have a very winnable game against Iowa State and the chip on their shoulder that will be provided in championship November like you mentioned will be second to none and so my message would be if you are the fan base if you are a recruit if you are someone watching this game and thinking wow, that Oklahoma team is terrible. Are they even who we thought they were? I would ask you to slow down. 
and, and pace yourself because time and again, no, not even really Oklahoma, we've seen other college football teams suffer a speed bump like this and bounce back in big ways. This program has every ability to do so, especially when they have leaders like Jalen Hurts, like Kenneth Murray, like Lincoln Riley. And so it's fine to sit here today and be critical, but in the long term, you have to understand there's a bigger picture here, if you will. So I'm laughing because I just read a comment by Big Texas Sooner on our uh, my last podcast with RJ and I, and yeah. he said he said it was the Mike Stoops one, and he said this podcast is rat poison. And I, I responded with, "I'm all out of rat poison. The OU team ate it all." So. Uh, <laughs> Playing a dangerous game. Yeah. Anyways, so look, I know it's frustrating if you're an Oklahoma fan. I know that all seems lost. But we've seen, as you all have talked about, this play out. This scenario has played out time and time again in Norman. If you went out and you win the Big 12, you at least have a shot at a national title. Or at least a college football playoff. You have a shot. Say LSU loses loses to Auburn today, or say LSU loses to uh, say uh, Alabama. Okay, well then they're they're out because they're not going to be playing for the SEC title game. Who um, at that point in time, who knows what's going to happen to Ohio State? I mean, they look like they're going to be unbeatable right now. But you know what? Everybody thought the same thing about Oklahoma, Clemson. They're probably not going to lose. So you're probably going to have Clemson, Ohio State, and Bama. So there's going to be a fight for that fourth spot. Oklahoma wins the Big 12 with one loss. They beat an undefeated Baylor team. They beat an Iowa State team. If Iowa State can somehow come back and beat Oklahoma State, if they beat a top 25 Iowa State team in Norman, you've got a chance. Say Texas wins out. They're going to be in the top 10 if they do that because they're going to be 9-2. and well, no, they'll be ten and two. Sorry, the end of the year. Oklahoma has a chance to do this. It's just going to take some chips to fall in their their way again. Uh, we've seen it again, but this year is different. Creed, hum- Creed Humphrey said this year is different. Not all years are the same. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but this was a tough loss, and Oklahoma can look at the, look themselves in the mirror, and they've got two weeks to stew over this. So we'll see how they come out. They adjust against Iowa State here in a couple weeks. But um, for right now, they're going to go into the first college football playoff ranking after a loss, like right after a loss. So November 5th is coming right around the corner, and that's in a week and a half, right? They're going to be off a of bye week, so I don't know how much of that that's going to handle. But anyways, we're going to close this podcast out. Uh, this was the OU Insider postgame podcast. Colin Kennedy, Joey Helmer, myself, Brandon Drum. Oklahoma lost. Big time stunning upset right here in Mankat in Kansas, 48-41 after things we just couldn't believe happened. So, I mean, that's all we can say. So be sure to catch us on OUinsider.com. Uh, we're doing a two, uh, two months for one month. So if you buy one month, you get two months free on OUinsider.com. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming for post game. We got a lot of recruiting no- notes coming. Dante Manning, I was at that game. I gave a uh, update. He named a leader. 
Um, and he named a leader on video, so I have proof of it. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you'll probably want to watch that. Tune in. Uh, subscribe to OUinsider.com. Uh, so once again, Oklahoma loses 48-41 right here in Manhattan. Uh, we'll catch you later.